And I'm going to continue uh, speaking in the theme of the book of Acts as we've looked over the last couple of, I don't know if it's a month already or maybe longer, and just the importance of learning to hear the voice of God. That is the advantage we have over those who have to run to the psychics, those who have to run to uh, the fortune tellers, to, to those who have to run to their astrology charts. We have a direct contact with the God of our creation who's before time and after time and has seen everything holistically, a panoramic view of your life, and he's already in your future. But we need to lean not on our own understanding. We need to learn to lean not only on pragmatism. Pragmatism is doing the right thing because it'll have the right outcome. On our own wisdom, in other words. We can't just rely on our bosses commending us for a transfer to Nigeria or to the UK or to... We, all the time... We are responsible to be hearing from God. Because you know there's a lot of other motivators in our life. And one of the biggest is fear. The moment fear comes, we start clutching at straws. And we exhaust all our options of trying to get direction for our lives and our families. And I understand we want the best for our children. We, we see, it's a natural for a parent to want to protect their children, but they've also got to hear from themselves, and we've got to hear from ourselves, because right now, there's chaos right around the world. And if you don't have a sense of God is leading me, you're like a boat without a rudder. And where's the best place to go and look, to find? In the book of Acts, we've, we've seen Philip, how God led him. We've seen Peter how God led him. We started looking at the life of Paul. And I want to just throw a few things out here this morning. And I think they're going to come up. How Paul led. The first we saw audibly. That was Paul in Acts 9 hearing a voice. So he heard a voice. Actual voice. Audibly. Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? And then we also see when there was a plot to kill Paul in Acts 23. The following night, the Lord stood near Paul and said, Take courage. As you have testified about me in Jerusalem, so you must also testify about me in Rome. Isn't that awesome when we hear an audible voice? Sometimes that audibleness is internal, and sometimes it's an actual external voice. Because the travelers with Paul on the road to Damascus heard a sound. It wasn't just an inner, it was a sound. But only Paul could decipher and calibrate those sound waves to sensibility. But it was a physical sound that the people heard. But it can also be an internal audible. My friend Rob often uses that uh, phrase. I heard the Lord speak to me audibly inside. So it's not a voice that you hear, but it is a voice you hear. Has that ever happened to you? Where you've actually heard a voice. I know my own wife. She was sitting in her office. I told the story about when there was that storm approaching. She didn't know about it. And she just heard in a voice, Janet, leave the office. And she left the office. 
went home, and the next day, the, the whole office had been shattered. The panes of glass had pierced into the cupboards and jagged edges all over. She would have been shredded. An inner voice, just something. Another time, she also heard an inner, uh, 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 internal audible voice. When she was a good religious girl, going about her, was that an external audible? You heard Jesus said, Janet, let me into your heart. She heard an audible voice. Only time I ever heard an audible voice was standing in my lounge in Pretoria, and I heard a rise shine for your light has come, and I actually looked around to see who said it, and there was nobody there. So God can't speak audibly, but he can also speak. Uh, you see, he kept them from Macedonia. When Paul and his companions were traveling throughout the region in Fergia and Galatia, Acts 16, verse 6, it says, having kept them, having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word. So there's a keeping. How does that keeping happen? It's an internal speaking. And then we see that Another way God speaks to us today, and we see this in the life of the Apostle Paul, in recognized time-tested prophets. Now, I want to say we heard the gift of prophecy happening here, and only God knows if they're going to one day carry the office of prophet, because only God does that. Man does not make a person an apostle or a prophet. Or God does that. But all of us should operate in a gift of prophecy. Come on. We can bring a word of encouragement. That is prophesied. We can have a sense or a picture in our mind and share that with a person and interpret it in a way that is uplifting, upbuilding, or even a little bit of a warning or challenge. And that's the gift of prophecy. But then there's those who act in the office of prophet. One such person was Agabus in Acts 12, 11, verse 27. It says, During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. These were known to be prophets. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread across the entire Roman world. And we see that most of Paul and Barnabas's travels thereafter, their missionary journeys, were involved in taking collections of the saints and gathering for those Roman provinces where the famine hit. And they were prepared ahead of time because of a prophetic word. Isn't that awesome? That God can prepare you for your, our future when we accept an authentic, genuine prophetic word. I thank God for the prophetic. I know throughout my life that, that I've met some people who operate in this, this office of, of prophet. And it's been a huge help in my life. From my early days as a Christian, prophesying about, I see you standing preaching the word one day. And it was, I mean, if you knew what I was back then, it was like a real mess, okay? And I know someone's thinking, well, what's changed? But it was like a real mess. I mean, this is, this is only a slight mess. But, but my life was just a mess. And yeah, I'm getting this word, these people saying, we see you sharing the gospel with crowds of people. And then I've got, we go to our pastor, Janet and I, and we've got a plan now, like a two-year plan. We're going to go to Bible school. We're going to do this. We give it to our leaders because that was the way we believed and believe 
you, you know, we should uh, get direction. That's one of the ways God showed us to go. And they came back and said, no, we don't believe this is what the Lord has shown us. If you guys want to do that, do that. But So we said, well, then we'll, we'll submit to what you really, what are you feeling? And they told us. And it involved us going to the Hatfield Church in Pretoria. And Pretoria was not the place I wanted to go and stay. And that leadership felt they had heard from the Lord. We went and prayed about it, had peace, and that made a big difference in our lives. Prophetic words come to confirm what God has said to you. Like someone says, if someone comes with a prophecy that's directional or about someone you're going to marry or some country you're going to go live in, make sure it's confirming what God has already said to you. Now, we see Paul had been spoken to about by Jesus about going to Jerusalem. Even though there were some challenges, the Lord had already told him. So now what happens in Acts 21 verse 10, a prophet, the same prophet, Agabus, comes down from Judea, coming over to us. He took Paul's belt, tied his own hands and feet with it, and said, the Holy Spirit says, there we go, the ministry of the Holy Spirit, says, in the same way, the Jews of Jerusalem will bind the owner of this belt and we will, and will hand him over to the Gentiles. Now, that was quite a terrifying situation. And Paul stops him and says, why are you making such a big deal about this? I already know that I'm going to... This prophetic work is just telling me what God's already told me, that I'm going to Jerusalem. He's just confirming that I've heard from God that I am going to Jerusalem. Not your interpretation of the prophecy, which is to stop me from going to Jerusalem, as they were trying to do. He said, no, no, this has confirmed what God's already told me, that there's going to be hardship and suffering, but that he's called me to go up to Jerusalem. And Agabus is just confirming it because, you know, maybe Paul had some doubts about it. But everybody else interpreted it. No, Paul, this is a word from God saying you mustn't go. And the Bible says they argued with him. Don't let anybody argue you out of a prophetic word God has given you. But be open to receive a confirmation through the prophetic. And you'll know the difference in your heart. Because a prophetic word is never directional. It's confirmation. It's one of the ways God speaks to us. I remember, and let me not go into The next way God speaks to us, we see in the life of Paul, in the congregation of the priesthood of all believers. This is a good place where God can speak to us. You know that? When we meet in worship, and there's a word, and there's a preach, and there's a this, and a that, and the other, three points in a poem, God can speak to you. God can drop something in your heart that's completely different to what he drops in someone else's heart. That's why two people can leave and Talk about two different subjects. If you just keep your heart open and tender and receptive to God's word, not the word of man, not the word that you want to come through the vessel of your choosing, but just God speak to me in the congregation of the priesthood of believers. And again, we've experienced this time and time again in our own lives. 
and some of our colleagues in Pretoria, in, in the pastorate, the pastors that we were part of a team with, Pastor Ed Rabbit in Pretoria, started saying to us, Stephen Janet, we see you guys. The Lord's leading you on, leading you on. That didn't mean I had to just go quickly pack my bags and run for the hills. But you'll see in a moment how circumstances opened up and led Paul. But here in the congregation of the believers, while they were worshiping the Lord and fasting, the Holy Spirit said, set Paul and Barnabas, Barnabas and Saul, sorry, for the work to which I have called them. And then we, it continues that they laid hands on them and sent them. You know, that's an important part of our ministry procedure, important part of our ministry um, agreement is that when God speaks to someone in a corporate sense and it confirms what God has said, we should lay hands on them and send them. I'm so glad when we eventually prayed and took the counsel of our pastors in Springs, both Janet and I, up from the stage, we had hands laid on us and we were sent. When we got to Praetorian, we served there for 10 years. When it was time, after three churches had called us to come and pastor, each time we went, uh, to our leadership. First two times they said they don't believe uh, uh, there were ch problems. Some, some things weren't lining up. But when this church called us, Pastor Ed was the first to say, this is in God. And I'm so glad I waited for that confirmation because we had hands laid on us to be sent. And I won't leave this place without hands being laid on. Some are called, some are sent, some just bought a microphone and went. The importance in the congregation of the priesthood of believers. And then, like I said, circumstances. Circumstances is the other way that God speaks to us. In some cases, it's an open door. In some cases, it's a closed door. If we feel, and you know, God likes to guide a moving bicycle. If we're not moving, he can't take us anywhere. So at least if we sort of on the front foot, uh, the door can either open or the door can close. We see this in the life of Paul, how that uh, in Acts 16, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. I mean, you've got to be sensitive to your relationship with the Holy Spirit to actually get a red light. Because most of us just walk straight through that into the oncoming Mack truck. And it doesn't even change gears as it goes over us. And then we say, it's God's fault. But they were so in tune with relationship with the Holy Spirit. As we've been challenged in this church lately, every day we should be saying, Lord, I need special grace for today. Fill me with a fresh anointing for today. Open my ears to hear you. Just because I was baptized in 1958 and I got filled at a Rodney Howard Brown conference in 1982 doesn't mean that's for today. Today I need a fresh anointing of the Spirit for my ears to hear, my eyes to see that will encourage me and guide me or else I'm just leaning on my own understanding. And here we see that the Spirit would not allow them. The doors were closed. Other times the doors are open. About midnight, here they are in a prison. They've been arrested. And about midnight, as Paul and Silas are praying and singing hymns, and the other prisoners were listening to them, suddenly, suddenly, 
Suddenly. Okay, suddenly. I'll have to stop there. We, do you know the rest of the story? Use it, don't. Earth got, door swing open. Jailer puts a sword to his stomach and Paul says, no, no, no. No one's going to get hurt here. And he preaches the gospel to the jailer and his family gets saved. But that was an, a literal open door. The prison door swung open. So God speaks to us in circumstances. Is, are we going to be like the person when God closes the door, we climb through the window? Or are we going to be like the person who, when God closes the door, we take a step back and wait for the open door? The other way God spoke to Paul was in vision. We see after they weren't, the Spirit kept them from Bithynia, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man from Macedonia. And in this dream, he sees this man calling and saying, please, come over to us. And they concluded in their hearts to go. It was through a vision. Now, vision can be like a dream, can be a daydream, can be a night dream. Okay? Dreams and visions work very similar. Sometimes it's just a, an impression, a picture, but it's often in a dream form. And then it confirmed his ministry in Corinth. When the Lord spoke to Paul in a vision, do not be afraid, keep on speaking. Do not be afraid, keep on speaking. Do not be silent. For I am with you. And no one is going to attack and harm you because I have many people in the city. Because the city of Corinth. But it was in a vision that the Lord appeared and spoke to him. When God's going to take us into the lion's den, it's a good time to hear a word from him. I asked an old missionary that once. I said, what is, he was about like 80. I said, what is the one thing that's got you through? Sorry, if you, uh, <clears throat> he was still doing mission work, and he was 80, and I said to him, what has got you through? Yeah, I'm a young 20-year-old, wet behind the ears. He said, you get a word from God, because you're going to need it during the tough time. That's all he had to say. <laughs> Paul had a word. The other way God speaks to us is just an inner, inner compelling. Inner compelling is, uh, it says in Acts 20, and now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem. <coughs> Not knowing. And now compelled by the Spirit, I'm going to Jerusalem, not knowing what will happen to me there. So there's sometimes a compelling, just you get like an urge to do something. You know, it's an urge to 
invite someone over for a cup of coffee. <laughs> or it's an urge to uh, go visit somebody. Or go to a conference. Or just like an urge. Sometimes God speaks to that. Because he just says that we were urged. So, so, so when you urged, you urged. Okay? Janet and I once in Pretoria, standing, praying about our financial situation, and suddenly God showed us that we had enough property in front of us to build another unit. And we were just urged to do it. And it was a blessing because we could sell it. And it helped us get a deposit for when we moved here to Durban. So, so sometimes you just follow an urging. It's not a big flash in the sky and angels singing and floating off your bed in the morning. It's just an urging. And then angels. Paul is shipwrecked out at sea and the boat's about to break up. And then Paul says, Last night an angel of the God whom I, whose I am and whom I serve stood beside me and said, Do not be afraid, Paul. I mean, that's a good time to be afraid. Not the shipwreck, but an angel suddenly appearing and telling you don't be afraid. Like, shh. I shared a little time back about the one and only time I believe I actually physically saw an angel. But I just remembered a little story I heard in the week about a lady and a very young lady of about 75, who was starting to write her will and get prepared and planning her funeral. And an angel came and spoke to her and said, you're being premature. God's going to give you another 20 years of healthy, good, happy living for the sake of your grandchildren. And she was so delighted. And she thought, yeah, 20 years. I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to go take out a loan from the bank. I'm going to get my eyes done. I'm going to get my lips done. I'm going to get hair implants. I'm going to get other implants. I'm going to get tucks. I'm going to get additions. I'm going to get smoothing. I'm going to get pedicures and manicures. And I'm going to have a facelift. And, and she just spent millions on this new body that was going to take her into her next 20 years as the angel had promised her. As she walks out of her last operation, a truck hits her. Dead. She gets to the gate. She sees the angel. She says, you lied to me. He said, no, ma'am, we didn't lie to you. We just didn't recognize you. <laughs> I'm allowed to tell that in church. So be careful what angel you listen to, eh? But an angel on the ship appeared to him and said, don't be afraid. An angel came. Don't be surprised when angels. I think I'm going to get to heaven and find out my angel is so black and blue. He's going to be battle scarred. And, you know, like he's going to, just going to be standing there like about to fall over. I'm going to say, what happened? Say, so I was watching over you, my boy. <laughs> Angels on assignment. We've kind of, we've drifted into like more of a secular mindset, you know, that we don't really 
do we expect that we could have an encounter with an angel? Could that really happen? Could we have a vision or dream? Could we hear an audible voice? Could God speak to us through an urging? And then finally, we see Paul being spoke to through the scriptures. God speaks through his word. And Jesus had taught them when he took them aside on the road to Emmaus and he opened up the prophets and the law and showed them that they were all about himself. Do you know that the gospel is in the Old Testament contained? In the same way it's in the New Testament explained. The Old Testament and the New Testament aren't at odds with each other. It's the same flow of covenant revelation. The old covenant speaks about Jesus. And Jesus took the old covenant and he explained to his disciples. And we see when Philip preached in, in, in Acts 2 how, how God gave him, he used the scriptures to speak God's word. And Peter in Acts 3 and 4 used the scriptures to speak the word of God. And here we see Paul doing the same thing. He's now come to the end of his time in Rome. He's got a little rented place he's staying in and people are coming to him every day and he's talking to them about the gospel. From morning till Acts chapter 28, last part of the book of Acts, from morning till evening, he explained and declared to them the kingdom of God and tried to convince them about Jesus from the law of Moses and from the prophets. How does God speak to us? Through his word. Let God put in your heart a deep passion for the scripture. Let it burn in you. I, 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 I don't know how your experience was, but I never owned a Bible till I met Jesus. And I only got my own Bible when I was filled with the Holy Spirit. And I couldn't stop reading the Bible. I confess, I stole from my employees. I would go and sit on the toilet during working hours and read the book of John. On the John, yeah. I would, during the lunch break when they were playing cards and I'd be going through Ephesians. I'd be going through Colossians, Galatians, Philippians, Thessalonians. I just, where's this book been all my life? And no it was umkwis. Uh, sorry, it was the King James translation. On top of that, I had like a standard seven and a half, I think, and not a great depth of reading. And I, I was reading, Yea, even saith the Lord of that dayeth, that, 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 that I willeth, goeth forth before you, saith the Lord. And I loved it. I loved the scripture. I saturated. I soaked. Let's not stop that. Let's never let dust pile on our Bible. Come on, man. Man, it's bought with blood. It's written in the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's there to direct us. I'm not going to ask you to show your hands now. But when last did you take your Bible down and just open it and read it for the sake of your relationship to hear from God? Has anyone not done it this week? Don't raise your hands. This month. This year. Well, Pastor, I really want to hear from the Lord. I really want to hear a prophetic word. Please give me a prophetic word. Read your Bible. You know, we think all prophetic words are 
God loves you and has great plans for your life. When we read the scripture, we see sometimes God says, strengthen your feeble knees. Make your arms strong. Rise up. Blow the trumpet. Declare. Your Lord arises. Arise and shine. It, it, it motivates us, stimulates us, and yet it soothes. And it's hugely Everything you just thought. But the, ther- the therapeutic effect of the word of God, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He restores my soul. You know, when it goes good with your soul, it goes good with your life. We need some restoring. Let God speak to you through his word. Take out the scripture. Read it. Some were convinced by what Paul was saying, but others would not believe. They disagreed amongst themselves and began to leave after Paul had made this final statement from the scripture he was reading. The Holy Spirit spoke the truth to your forefathers when he said through Isaiah the prophet, go to this people and say, you will be ever hearing, but never understanding. You know, we can hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and hear and not understand. Uh, no, no, not us. Talking about the people outside. They will be ever seeing, but never perceiving. We can see and see and see and see and see and see. But never see. For this people's heart has become calloused. They hardly hear with their ears and they have closed their eyes. Otherwise, they might see with their eyes, hear with their ears, understand with their hearts, and turn so that I can heal them. These are Paul's last words that he had received from the Lord in his ministry, before he was martyred. Let's be a people ready to hear from God. Amen.